0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of Kings about about. Uh, we have action from uh, all the tiers and Europe. So uh, why do we begin Alf? Uh,
1: well, um, we I, I, I think we do a good job of uh, 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 avoiding uh, being too Oxford and Northampton centric on this podcast. But I think this week um, we should be allowed to divulge from that for two re- uh, well for both clubs um, for, for for different reasons. Um. A very uh, a very big week uh, for Oxford uh, just gone, and um, we'd just like to start with the um, tragic news that came through just after we finished recording last week. Um, Legend Mickey Lewis dying at the age of 56 uh, kind of knocked me sideways. Um, I've many many memories of him. Uh, so, our so, assistant. Oh, so, so,
0: sure,
1: Yeah, uh, our assistant during the. Uh, uh twenty ten, twenty-nine, uh, two thousand nine, uh ten campaign under Chris Wilder and um you know, he kind of filled in every single possible role in the Oxford coaching staff as well as you know being interim manager on numerous occasions. Uh he managed on um, the Ox well he was managing the uh, Oxford University uh ones team and uh I remember one time um being uh doing Five a side on a Monday night uh, where Oxford City play and they were training. Uh, on the adjacent pitch to us, and uh, he was he, he was his lively self. Uh, overheard a few uh, um, uh, coaching tips with a, a, a decent helping of uh, uh, encouraging swearing uh, in it as well. Uh, so it was important that we um, use that uh, as motivation, uh, and you know to to get the win for Mickey on Tuesday night away at Swindon, which we did, and that is a brilliant positive, you know, back uh, back how it should be. Uh, I must say,
0: yeah, um, yeah, a very good tribute, a uh, good as tribute as any to, uh, yeah. who, who seems to be uh, a loyal and devoted servant to the club. So yeah, a great result. Of course, the way you celebrated Alf, you would think it was a big shock result, but <laughs> well,
1: well, um, you know, there's no, um, you know, nerves just run through the roof uh, for, for any Derby. do
0: you know any Swindon fans?
1: No, I I don't. Yeah, I I I I haven't had the uh, the horror uh, <laughs> of meeting anyone personally. In that no.
0: interestingly enough, like you know, what's a derby like? Where you don't know fans of the other team. Like you know, Liverpool and Man United fans—they're everywhere. So you know, yeah. in, in, in every situation, you'll have that uh, clash. But you know, with Oxford and Swindon, uh, you will like in this case
1: double edge, you know, yeah
0: it's for your own sense of pride
1: isn't it well, well yeah there, there are two aspects to it um because i haven't met anyone personally or, or formally i should say uh he's a Swindon fan um there's both an inherent sense of you know antagonism towards him because you've never met him and that's what you've been told so you'll follow through with that but at the same time you know you've never met anyone and they've never done anything wrong for you that you know, possibly push back to the edge.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: uh, uh, so yeah, no, as I say, I'm still waiting for that day uh, to come, uh, but you know, it is, it's an interesting thought, but in an ultimate, in an ultimate uh, timeline. Uh, I'd be getting the um, uh, the last train back, uh, the, the half eleven train from Bristol to Paddington, hopping on at uh, Swindon, um, absolutely piss drunk, um, and you know suffering a few bruises from falling down the steps of the rob.
0: You've been you've been to the county ground, haven't you for
1: a yes yes went there for our last uh, the la- the last game we had at the county ground uh, uh, in uh, twenty seventeen early February I believe. Uh yeah. I think it was early February. Yeah. Uh when uh, obviously Oxford won two one then as well, coming from a goal down to uh win two one with goals from Liam Circle and an absolute rocket from Rob Hall, christening it the Rob Hall end. Uh yeah. i know it forever. Um uh you, you know, less less heart in mouth, uh, or maybe less heart in mouth on Tuesday night. It was, you know, brilliant to get that early goal. Um, you know, Barker was causing so much trouble on the left-hand side. He was definitely our most consistent threat. Yeah, look, took a few bubbles to go in, but we were definitely worthy of our lead in the first half. Um, and, you know, in a, you know, in a pretty similar sense to the derby in December, uh, the Kassam, you know, um, well, you know, why, why why do we sit back? Why do we soak up the pressure? Is it nerves? Is it something else? I don't know, but, you know, it, it's the thing that we're not good at. Um, we're not good at uh, you know, see back and soaking up pressure. We're good at playing on the front foot. Um and you know, it, uh, you know, uh even in attacking transition, we're not particularly good at possession. where we're definitely most dominant. Um and, you know, giving away a penalty, which is a very I, I think it was a very soft penalty, but Jack Stevens, academy boy. Um Well yeah, quite a
0: prolific penalty saver now. Absolutely after
1: his uh, save at home to Charlton at the weekend, which is another massive save. Um and then, uh, you know, around the 80th minute, you know, uh, K.R. bringing on Edge uh, as well as um, uh, Chambers Perriel, uh, our youngster, um, which were, you know, two uh, subs that raised a lot of eyebrows, definitely <laughs> raised mine. And, you know, uh, uh, Luke Samuel on pointing out that, you know, these are either genius or uh, the shambolic substitutions. Thankfully, it was like so as Danage scored with his first touch of the game. Well, on a dribble, uh, really Lovely shot drilling it into the far end corner, even though I was screaming for him to pass. And, uh, yeah, despite the nervy end, ending, you know, it was it was one of the more comfortable derby wins, I guess. Uh, but as I say, you know, the nerves always run. And I mean, you know, t- as a comparison, I mean, even when Southampton played Pompey in the League Cup, uh, in the 2019-20 season, when you know, Pompey were mid-table in League One, and you know, Southampton, you know, started to get going under Ralph Hassan I mean, you know, you're still going to have, you know, Immense nerve for that.
0: Indeed, indeed. So yeah, I think, uh, uh, and especially in these difficult times, derby win like this is a great way to lift the mood. Yeah. But uh, so it's just, if you want to just uh, to wrap up Oxford, you want to you really discuss their game against Charlton on in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Last week, yeah.
1: Um, it, it it was frustrating that you know we didn't have our shooting boots on because you know it's, it's part of a string of uh, blanks. we drew i mean you know one goal in six games before the swindling game and that goal was you know in the 97th minute and it was a long ball up uh which was nodded across goal to elliot lee you know, prodded home yes we're keeping a lot of clean sheets from that time as well i mean the nil nil draw at home to peterborough was a very respectable result um and you know it was definitely a very tough string of fixtures which we you know had to negotiate it without you know our momentum going which is what we've done and we're still on the coattails of the, of the playoffs. Um, and I, I guess in that regard, it's been a success. Um, but in some games during that run, Charlton being the most notable and the most clear of which, um, you know, it's it, it's frustrating that we didn't get all, all three, um, you know, because, because Jamie Hansen and Josh Ruffles uh, were absolutely outstanding uh, on Saturday, both providing width going forward and providing, um uh, really, you know, creative balls into the final third. And, you know, when you're playing with two wingers in Ford and Shadipa who both love to cut inside, you know, that width is crucial. And, you know, sometimes we don't have that uh, as, as as clearly as we do on the weekend. Um, you know, like it, uh, a lot of chances were missed. Yes, Ford's being the perhaps the most obvious but I mean, any any game where, you know, you have a penalty saved in the last minute, well you, when you save a penalty in the last minute when it looks like you've thrown away uh, at a point it does kind of feel like feel like free i guess um and you know it it, it, it was a time where you know three weeks ago we'd have said that you know chartman's you know going to be a, a really great opportunity for three points but they've definitely become a lot more solid in recent weeks and i don't think that's a fluke um and you know that's how children should be when you look at the side on paper they should be a mean side and especially with Bowyer and the bug out to complement that um so yeah yeah you know nil nil is a fine result and i mean we're, we're, we're not only are we level on points for them but we you know we, we've we got two games in hand, hand
0: on them as well indeed uh two games in hand uh so do you realistically see oxford uh with two
1: games in hand making the playoffs, uh, no, uh, not really. Uh, but that's that uh, it's not an indictment on Oxford, as I so often say when we discuss either promotion or relegation ratios, it's about the teams around them. Um, and I mean, okay, yes, you know, like maybe I've got too high expectations for Paul to get Ipswich, but even in a 12, 11, 10 game period that he has until the end of the season. Um, I'd still expect to see some, you know, a, a massive upgrade on performance levels. Uh, in which, uh, and I mean, um, if 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 they hit form, uh, uh, you know, just in time, and you know, all of the sides currently in the top six, bar Portsmouth seem to be doing so as well, then it's just kind of um, impregnable.
0: Well, looking at the form in the top six, of course, Sunderland are deservedly up in fourth four wins in five. Uh, Portsmouth, one win in five with three defeats in a row. Ipswich, three wins in five with uh, no wins in the last two. And Charlton, picking up form slowly with uh, two wins in the last five, but they're unbeaten in the last three. And, uh, yeah, again, it's difficult because no one's quite, well, I think Sunderland are starting to, but, you know, while the likes of Portsmouth and Ipswich, uh, you know, while these teams don't have consistency, consistency, I think, uh, charlotte and oxford
1: have every chance. yeah no no you make a great point aki and i mean I, I i think league one um uh has been you know one of you know uh the classic moments in efl history where you know in during a season the promotion race seems to change every two weeks or at least the dynamic yeah. of the promotion seems to change every two weeks um and that's and that's definitely happened here and you know i i'm sure it will again in in you know uh after w- when you know we're we're, we're mixing in uh, League 1 and 2 chat with international chat in two weeks' time. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking about that again. Um, but just, I mean, one team who, you know, I, I guess at, at the moment are looking for most likely to drop out the playoffs at Portsmouth, and they're a team I want to discuss because in, at the turn of the new year when not the top 20 ask their listeners to send in their promote, promotion predictions, or MAC promotion predictions, I should say, Um, Me, alongside many others, had Portsmouth winning the league. And it looked as if, um, you know, they'd finally, you know, found themselves in a league season without a standard team, uh, a standout team, excuse me, um, where they could bully and dominate games like, you know, jacket sides like to do. But these blips keep on happening at crucial stages in seasons for Portsmouth. And this has happened over the last throughout Jacket's tenure and before, when they were in League Two. Um,
0: but the thing, the thing is, Alf. I mean, look at the most recent results. Can you forgive them for losing to Doncaster? I think you
1: definitely can uh, forgive them for losing four-one to Northampton. Though. <laughs> um, I can't. Forgive them, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know that's it, well, it's, You know, four-nil down at half time. I mean it's yes, more will having an uptake in form and you know, we've dis- we discussed that on last week's pod, that, that, you know, we expect, you know, not a drastic upturn in form, but you know, some some more merited performances, uh merited results, excuse me, uh uh to be around the corner for them. And alas they are despite, you know, not really putting that much putting up that much fight against Charlton on Tuesday. Um but they're just they're just there's such a dirge at the club <laughs> of a minute and just, it, it, you can kind of smell the apathy on the pitch of the players at times, especially when you look at, you know, the, the, the second goal they conceded to Sunderland on, on Tuesday night. Um it was a yeah, mistake, just wasn't it? It was so lackadaisical. It, 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 it's not like, you know, stupid decision making, like, I would know, we saw Arsenal Arsenal did, well, in my last two games, um, you know, like, um, excuse me, stupid mistakes, you know, playing out from that, just simply wrong decision-making. This was just completely, as I say, lackadaisical and apathetic. I mean, you know, Raggett just didn't even really seem to hit his pass properly. Um, and, you know, when when that kind of, you know, filtered through the eleven, yes, we've seen Portsmouth, well, quote-unquote, what can be from to before. Um, there that, that really doesn't seem to be any fundamental solutions or fundamental changes to it. I mean, I need to be wary of that I'm doing important predictions in the future, um, but, uh, and you know, given that that's the case, and as, as you know, Ipswich should have a significant upturn in form, and Charlton and Oxford should continue on their current trajectories.
0: Well, the, the Northampton result was poor because uh, the nature of the goals which they conceded, which were all headers yeah. from set pieces apart from Hoskins, but even Hoskins' goal was preventable had uh, the keeper actually tried to clear it. And I think to defend that, and you're right, I think uh, to be that lackluster and that careless in a game where your points should be granted to you, that is a worrying sign. Of course, you know, there was a 3-1 loss away to Bristol as well as which which was a surprise. And, uh, you're right. There are certain games you can forgive them for losing, but when you're undermining yourself by, uh, slipping on banana skins, which shouldn't really be there, well, you know, there's only so much you can do. But still, I'll, uh, well, it's interesting. In fact, this is actually quite open, because, uh, Ipswich, Charlton, and Charlton are on 51, and Oxford are on 50 points. Uh, and, uh, Portals only have one game in hand over, uh, Charlton, and, uh, yeah Oxford Knicks which have played the same on the games at 32 so Portsmouth are shooting themselves in the foot if they
1: aren't careful. no they, they really are and I mean it's, it seems to be the case in quite a few well ever since the 1718 season I guess in League One where um you know Wigan and Blackburn are absolutely stand out um but you know it's, it's there have been you know brilliant opportunities for promotion without standout sides
0: Speaking of standouts, uh, Hull have uh, turned into a standout side. We weren't expecting it in the object where they it, went down.
1: Again, I, 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 I know this may, you know, I, I, I promise this isn't me just, you know, with just a general grudge against Hull. But again, you know, this, you know, two very impressive results from the last week, especially if it went away at High Five Peterborough. But, you know, when but red there, card after, you know, 25 minutes for Peterborough, you know, it is going to tip the balance of the game. Um, especially with, you know, the, the, the Peterborough play in such a systemic, you know, and, and, and practice way. Um, you know, that, that really does play into Hull's favour, but they've been clinical about it. The standout team in the league, I would say, uh, now Sunderland, um, I think they are
0: Lee Johnson strikes streaky again.
1: Lee Johnson does strike again but even this doesn't seem to be a streak i I think they are comfortably the best team in the league at the minute um I
0: well in five days time they're away at Accrington.
1: Yeah, but as you know as I say we, we and as you rightly point out aki you know we, we do need to be wary if, if you know considering this is another you know streak in streaky Lee Johnson's uh, time there um, may be a babbling of the results is around the corner. But at the moment, the way they're playing, that's just, you know, that, that seems so far off. Um, Dion Sanderson and Luke O'Knighton, Um Obviously, Dion Sanderson play, playing so far in his career as a right back or a right wing back, Luke O'Neill as a centre midfielder or a winger. As their centre back pairing in the last two games, they are absolutely exceptional. And, I mean, maybe it's because they haven't been, you know, their defensive, or I should say, their, their, their defensive awareness as centre-backs haven't been tested in recent games because they, Sunderland have dominated the possession of the games they've been involved in. But every single time, if, if, if you watch, even you can see this in the two-minute highlight packages on YouTube, right, every time the ball comes out to them, it's always swivel, look up, forward pass, all the time, all the time. Which I do obviously is, you know, the key tenant of a four magic square too, right? You know, you've got four men in the centre of midfield, you know, the purpose of it is to exercise that and dominate the centre of midfield areas. And you know, to do that, you've got to have quick passing through the lines, right? Um, which which, you know, is as I say, is, you know, fundamental to the way that Johnson wants to play. But nevertheless, it's so impressive to see it so consistently and so clinically. Um and Accrington will be a very, very interesting test to that. Um, because if you know that, the nature of Accrington's aggressive press, um, they kind of, you know, seem like a more polished wicker uh, at the minute. Um, and uh, I, to be honest, in my view, it will be the, the toughest test that Johnson has faced so far. Um,
0: and the form, the form of Charlie yes, West Yes. I
1: mean, um, he, he is, you know, I mean, he's been on fire. Um, it, as I say, you know, and I, I think, I think Aki can kind of share this view, you know, we are kind of a bit, you know, naturally sceptical of, um, you know, hot scoring streak strikers like, uh, Wyke is on at the minute, um, uh, but nevertheless, it, it's electric form. Um, every header he has at the minute, it seems to be going in. Um, and when you, you know, when you see Jones, uh, Jordan Jones, you know, trying confident finishes like that, uh, against Portsmouth, um. Uh, you know, with a lovely dink finish uh, over Craig McGillivray uh, in that, um, you know, that confidence is, you know, symbolic of the, the confidence of the side at the minute, uh, which is uh, really good to see. And not only is it right to see Sunderland back in the Championship but at league, um Lee Johnson, you know, is definitely a manager who belongs to Well,
0: it's very interesting. some Absolutely. Uh very absolutely amazing clashes coming up something they're away at Accrington, then they're home to lincoln uh then they're on eight, for april 2nd they're hosting oxford before on april 5th they're away to peterborough we
1: always drew. we always draw one one at the stadium of light like last <laughs> that's the way it's gone the last two seasons at least um both very early on in the season though um but yes um, those- oh
0: if if they
1: get through these games, the playoffs basically assured. I, oh, I think I think to, to be honest, I mean, I don't want to stick my neck out too much, but okay, keep playing like this, they will win the league. Never mind win your the league, situation. okay? And that's okay, okay yeah. I, keep playing like this, and they'll win the league. Um, I mean, if
0: there's there's no. Well, they're only five but, points behind. whole two uh, games. Yeah,
1: and, absolutely. But I mean, even as we've discussed, i, I definitely even if this is just a mere streak, they've definitely, you know, shown enough capability and enough potential to, you know, start that playoff space at the minimum, at a minimum, especially when, you know, there's a cluster of inconsistent teams in between.
0: Well, not just that. I mean, I think the playoff, because that yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Pompey do not, yeah. And uh, I, I think the playoff place has been secured, but I, I think that they're possibly destined for greater things. I think it's a relief for Sunderland fans to see a, a, what was a pretty mediocre season turn into what may be a absolutely a
1: and f- furthermore, you know it, it it just never quite came together at Bristol. City. Well, it, it came together. It didn't, you know, a promo- a proper promotion push. Push apart from you know eighteen nineteen up until February, uh, when you know Leeds Sheffield United Norwich really you know uh, pulled away and you know Villa came into that as well. Bristol. He never really had a proper promotion yeah. push under Lee Johnson. And obviously, Johnson, as a manager himself, has never managed in the playoffs before. Um, so I'm really interesting to see how he deals with that. Because, I mean, you know, from the evidence we've seen at Bristol City in their Cup campaigns, um, especially, you know, their seventeen eighteen 18 uh, FA Cup campaign where they beat Man United 2-1 just before... Uh, League Cup campaign, excuse me. Beat Man United uh, just before Christmas. And, you know, gave Man City during their, you know, ridiculous uh, winning streak um uh, a really good run for their money in their hundred point season, I guess. Um is evidence that Johnson can, you know, get his team up, not only get his team up for one up game for one off games, but provide the tactics to match. And in the playoffs that's gonna be absolutely crucial and you know, uh is is a really promising sign if Sunderland, you know, do fall just a bit short and end up on there
0: yeah indeed uh I, I i think league one is riveting and what's going to happen uh in the next few weeks is going to be fascinating especially with all these big games coming up uh where else do you want to go next uh i'd league
1: like to now? talk about doncaster rovers uh
0: yes who are actually hosting yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Um, so, which yes, actually
1: perfect. i think is you know a really intriguing game to be honest um the, the, just to quickly mention, Northampton, you know, the Charlton performance on Tuesday night, you know, it doesn't really correlate with you know the previous four or five uh, performances. Well,
0: yeah. they didn't give a bad. They didn't. They weren't uh, particularly yeah. uh, incisive yeah, on yeah, going yeah. forward, but they didn't exactly give a bad performance. It wasn't. It wasn't a. You know, they left with their with, with their respect intact, and I guess any positives you can take. No, it absolutely. Take, I guess.
1: Um, but but as for Doncaster. Um, they okay like crew can you know really put the cat amongst the pigeons on occasion and they did that excuse me on tuesday night um and even though you know doncaster will definitely feel the grief to not get at least a point but
0: cost- uh, they haven't yet
1: no which was uh uh what i was what i was going to mention um i think Aki, i think we can agree that not only between us but a common consensus was that you know they would really you know tail off uh, after Darren Moore's departure um, but I think the context in which he's left in the Doncaster fans much Doncaster players excuse me much like I don't know Gladbach players at the minute where Marco Rosa is confirmed he's going to go off to Dortmund it's a bit like why have you done that you can have that with us you know maybe even to the extent that you're making a step down and, you know, you're kind of, you know, burning the bridges of the work that you've done with us so far this season. That's a very
0: good point, Alf, because uh, Sheffield Wednesday isn't exactly uh, all, all It's, for, basket you're still it's like, a basket you're case. You a basket I mean, you know, I mean, we've waxed
1: lyrical on, you know, the shambles that Wednesday are, in, in, you know, throughout. Never, never mind in Exactly, actually, actually. even on last year's kickabouts, last academic year's kickabouts, you know. Um uh, uh you and Louis and then you know the appearances uh, are made on it, you know. We definitely talked about it then. Um but they they definitely seem to have channeled that as a motivation at the minute. Um they'll be frustrated that you know Reese James, Bostock who are both out with injuries at the minute. Um but when you're seeing consistent quality um and you know different patches of quality throughout the side, not least uh from uh, James Coppinger uh uh playing in the hole in recent games is you know just a, a pretty much in a trad ten role. Um uh you know that gives you the capabilities to you know deploy um well not to deploy, deploy is the wrong word, create a lot of, you know, well have a have a good, you know, range of attacking plays. Um and when you've got such a condensed fixture list, um when, you know, attacking especially can often become stale. Or you can have patches of staleness. Um, that's a really important trait to have to, you know, maintain creativity.
0: Yeah, um, you're right. And they have the uh, well, the tactical machinery, rather, to give yeah. them the identity yeah. they need to go up. But uh, okay, a difficult result, but in a place which is difficult to go, a uh, crew. But you really would back them to get the uh, get the two, get the three points yeah. at home to Northampton. Uh, uh, on and they need to because uh pompey are uh it's look at look at this help uh, P- uh doncaster and, and pompey have a uh, 12 goal difference and 13 goal difference respectively so uh even if they are even on points it, it's a close it's a close fight and uh but it's with, in fact in fact sorry i take that all back uh doncaster have uh Three at least
1: three more games in hand on everyone else. no, and and, uh, that's going to be you know definitely a great, great use. Uh, Two more teams uh, to mention in League One. Um, I think we'll start um, with uh, Shrewsbury Town. Um, The Athletic have just done uh, a really interesting article on them, uh, headlined uh, the team being managed from a hospital bed. Now.
0: Yeah, the tragic yeah, situation. Steve Coral
1: um about uh, I think uh, nine or ten days ago now, uh has been real readmitted to a uh, hospital uh, with uh, coronavirus syndromes, uh, symptoms, excuse me. Um he is recovering well, uh, again, apparently. Uh, so we, hope we hope that uh, that continues uh, to be the case. Um, but the job that um Wilbraham has done, um, you know, stepping in for him uh, temporarily is has been absolutely exceptional. They're they're now, you know, about, you know, six or seven points away from being safe, um, you know, passing that crucial fifty point mark in the divisions, which, you know, is kind of an unwritten rule. And and they have games in they, hand they, now, they uh, yeah. four games
0: in front um, of BFL.
1: and you know, putting a disappointing uh, performance behind them. And then also, Burton and Albion, uh, the form side in the division is mad to say, um, yep. he's given that they were bottom uh, just uh, three weeks ago. And, you know, I think, Aki, I think we agreed that they were doomed um, because in the opening three to four weeks of Hasselbank's tenure, um, There hadn't been really much evidence. Well, the thing is, after
0: yeah. Uh... Burton and Blackpool are the hmm. two form teams, and yeah, I think uh, I didn't think Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was disabled. He was the manager of Northampton and and the QPR, and nowhere did he uh, nowhere did he set the world alight. But I think at Burton he's given a great account of himself, and they're away at crew, which is a very interesting. Uh, it match.
1: absolutely is, um, and uh, that that's definitely one I'll have an eye on uh, this weekend. Uh, Black just just now that you've brought up Blackpool, actually, uh, I would like to. Uh, talk about them uh too um they're only i believe do correct me if i'm wrong Aki. five four or five points off six now with an absolute you know stack of games in hand uh
0: more than anyone else i mean this this is the thing with the league i keep going through this table and you realize just how many teams that they have at least five games in hand so no one's played more than 35 blackpool have yeah, played thirty, and we'll, we'll, we'll so come on to this. they have a fifteen poten- potential points to play for. So they could be on sixty-two points. They could be level on what Peterborough are now, if they win their next, uh, well, if, if they win their next five games possibly. But um, yeah, that is a very interesting standpoint. But personally, I don't think they're consistent enough to capitalize on that to make a huge difference. I think maybe they'll finish hmm. just outside the playoffs. But they need a run if they're gonna make a serious dent in the teams above them. Or maybe maybe even they don't, in fact, sorry. I just take that out. They're only four points behind yeah. Pompey, so and if Pompey continue in their form, then yeah, I think you know, Pom- Pompey's problems go all the way down the table. This is very interesting. In fact they might be dethroning Accrington as the uh, as the yeah. side to watch. Uh, it just outside no, the south
1: um that kind of uh talks of uh fixture condition acts as a nice segue uh into championship trap only three games in midweek uh a, you know a week off for most teams it was a week where teams caught up with games in hand speaking of games in hand now rotherham had another covert outbreak uh as as, as people know um, yeah, oh, yeah
0: yeah yeah. On the championship, I mean, then,
1: or... championship. yeah um okay Carry on. No, Another COVID outbreak, game against Brentford was called off, game against Leuven was called off, game against Coventry called off. Well, fine. So, given that the Championship stops during the international break uh, in March, late March, um, Rotherham will now be playing every midweek, <laughs> as it seems to have been the case for every team since, since January. Uh, but, you know, they will definitely be playing every midweek. And they have to fit in another game in that, which means I that I think what will have to happen is that uh, in the penultimate weekend of championship football, because the championship traditionally finishes on a Sunday. um, And I believe that will be the case this year, which is a, you know, a a potential, uh, what will have to happen is Rotherham will have to play on the Friday and the Monday. So they have, you know, the, the, the guaranteed two days rest um the the friday of the monday of that penultimate weekend um and uh the two teams they play will have you know one of their fixtures rearranged in the three midweek in april then they'll ha- play either their tuesday or wednesday night midweek on the thursday give you know two big be- two weeks rest two days rest excuse me after the monday and then you know two days rest before the final game of the season on the sunday um, that you know, it's you know, they're, they're lucky that they they seem to never have an off day, uh, as a side or never, you know, teams to put in an abject performance or something, I should say. Um, because they're definitely going to need to uh, channel that. Uh, they want to, and I mean, at least you know, there's going to be lots of football for us, excuse me, to enjoy,
0: yeah. Uh, Rotherham are in a bit of a pickle. Uh, it will be a test of fitness for their players, but uh, they should see it as an yeah. opportunity to claw their way out. No, definitely.
1: Their um, one of the sides who uh, I was very worried about a month or so ago, or at least until uh, the signing of Charlie Austin uh, came as their saviour, is QPR. But uh, QPR, who were one of the sides in action in midweek, uh, two wins uh, this week, uh, two clean sheets. Uh, and they are now on the top half, uh, which <laughs> just is, yes, is that, um, just on. as a uh, uh, final weekend of fixtures. Well, I mean, all of us, uh, the, all of us football fans this week have been hit with, a you know, uh, an avalanche of, um, you know, on this day, last year post was either, you know, the last football game in front of a crowd, you know, last weekend of uh, last team week. Of well, probably enough,
0: Al. Uh, as you were aware, I had tickets to what, uh, tickets yes. to Watford Wee Leicester, which was meant to be played on the. On the and, uh, for, for those KCL students listening, uh, tomorrow will be the anniversary of the day when, football yes, I mean, canceled. today is
1: the uh, one year anniversary of GKT, uh, varsity,
0: uh, yeah, GKT varsity. And, and for me personally, I'm sure for you as well, when that was cancelled, y- I was like, okay, this is serious, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, I
1: think the pandemic began for a lot of people that. Uh, uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, it, I mean, it definitely was the case of me, and I'm sure everyone has their own uh, story of that. But that final weekend of Championship football in front of full crowds, QPR beat Preston uh, at Detail and moved into the top half then, which kind of, you know, is an interesting parallel, uh, which always seems to happen in QPR's non identical seasons that they keep on seeing, or at least they seem to keep on having. But, um, are either bristol city win it the weekend? very impressive totally dominated the first half even you know nigel pearson was clearly fuming he made all well he made three first half changes um uh two of which uh after the second and third goals which you know really speaks volumes of how uh, displeased he was and you know that i mean with the current rules yes there are five subs but if you do that you have to use those two final subs at half time which is an interesting quirk i learned um but yeah, very impressive from QPR in the first half. Completely dominated the ball. Um, some more yeah. set-piece routines, which is where obviously Rob Dickey got the second. But I mean, you know, when Ilya's chair is, you know, popping up to score ahead, that you've really got to ask questions.
0: Yeah, I mean, and QPR dominated 16 shots. A very impressive win. Uh, where do you think Bristol City lacked uh, in this game? Uh, attitude. It, uh more in an in attacking sense? They were toothless? I, or, I'd put it down
1: to attitude, to be honest, Aki. Well, really, I'm I'm not I'm not putting the blame on Pearson, but um, you know maybe as a a, a kind of a secondary explanation to the streaks encountered under Lee Johnson, might be that you know sometimes the players just aren't you know don't tune into the game or zone into the game properly, um because you know like that that's not you know bad tactics. It's not bad tactics. Well it's rarely bad tactics when you're you know you're losing every 50 50 you're you're slow to every second ball you you know like absolute, you know like monstrous center backs like thomas callas you know when 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 they're in form you know getting dominated in the air by lyndon dykes yes lyndon dykes is a hard hard worker but you know he's he he he's not you know prime peter crouch right <laughs> yeah well
0: then how how does pearson work on this then how does he uh get yeah, Bristol City
1: uh, I think he's fortunate in the um there's a the, there's a the squad depth is very strong he's got an absolute plethora of players to choose from and a, you know still um a plethora of players to come back from injury um you know they, they've as we've you know discussed they've been totally injury ravaged this season and I think you know especially when Liam Walsh comes back uh that'll be really really key for the They've got, you know, uh, uh, a big depth of the players as well. Um, Richie R- uh, Riley Towler coming through is, is, is you know, the, the flavour of the month, but, you know, more established people in there like, well, like Liam Moore. uh, but also, you know, uh, Antoine Semenu, amongst others, uh, should be really promising and hungry players. The other thing with Bristol City is that now they have, well, maybe not the best goalkeeper in the league, but at least easily in my opinion the best shot stopper in the league in dan bentley uh in, um mm-hmm. you know to have a platform like that and you know when you know the players are quite used to playing a five at the back as well that allows you to have confidence in soaking up pressure right and if you know they can be even to a degree clinical going forward um then you Know they won't even have to work that hard too often to get results if that makes sense. Um, they, they just need to, you know, have their head screwed on, uh, to be honest. And I, to be honest, I mean, we all know the quality is there about Bristol City squad, and um, I think there's you know a decent amount of evidence that you know the mental side of the game is uh the most uh important thing for Bristol City at the minute,
0: yeah uh but there are a few better managers hmm. to work on that than uh of course and nigel pearson and you're right i, I think he needs to uh ingrain a mentality where they understand their style of playing and, and as you said with the confidence they can have in their keeper uh, they can understand the liberties that they can take uh, on the field uh so i'd
1: like to uh talk about um the kind of expected or non-expected i'm not really too sure to be honest aki um i think expected uh, Blackburn are playing well again. Um, you know, <laughs> um, every every this Blackburn and Preston, you know.
0: With Blackburn and Swansea, was it more a uh, Swansea being poor or Blackburn? I'd, being I'd say
1: a mixture of both. Um, with the quality that Swansea have in their squad, they're always going to create chances, even you know when they're playing poorly. Um, but Swansea's playing out from the back and, you know, transitioning between defence and midfield, you know, from the centre-backs, especially Mark Gay had an off day, which, you know, is, you know, really rare for him. And, you know, Blackburn, when, you know, you've got, you know, a pretty rigid 4-3-3 there, you know, you're always going to have free potential presses in the middle of the pitch. And, you know, even more if you allow your inside forwards to suck in, which, you know, can be, in you know, in defence, uh, well in defensive actions um is 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 beneficial against a side playing a 3-5-2 um who you know like to press the ball through the thirds. Um there's also you know the the dynamism of Blackburn seemed to be back um which was really nice to see uh, and it's kind of gone in recent weeks ever since Adam Armstrong has been out with an injury but maybe an upside to that is that there's less of an individual focus on him and you know, all the members of the front 3 and they're doing their bit. And you know, you know, Therese Dolan's you know, coming in as a false nine, um, and he's playing really well for allowing Gallagher and Brereton to play so he can play as number nine, uh, uh, to move in. Ben Brereton missed a really good chance, by the way, uh, which is disappointing. Um, we saw it in fits and starts at Norwich, but you know, he never really seemed to you know, nail down a place. But Tom Tribal, uh, has been a really good metronome over the last two games. Um, and I think um, when, uh, excuse me, um, when, you know, Travis uh, shakes off his knock and, you know, uh, maybe comes back into the team, he's going to, ha- well, he's going to face a lot of competition to, you know, retake that role. Um, but as I say, you know, now that Blackburn are getting, you know, performing well again, you know, I, I expect that streak to continue. Um, because they seem to be on the streaky side. Yeah.
0: So, a side mm. who seem to have quality... Uh, through through the spine and yeah they they have the uh, capabilities when the yeah. players are playing the, to, to, to up the
1: table and uh, um I think they'll sure. definitely be frustrated to not win their game in hand in that they could have you know extended their lead over Brentford and oh. and Watford and I think they'll see that as a missed mm-hmm. opportunity.
0: Well yeah I think it's the consistency too I mean mm. they just about beat Middlesbrough. Uh, but this, this is the thing. Uh, the luck, yeah, that the Swansea team are getting. Uh, every single game, uh, through divine intervention, they're it, being it's interesting the market, though. Because uh,
1: of- <laughs> in their when they lost 3 1 at home to Bristol City, I think that's two weekends ago now. Um, they should have been they should have had at least three penalties, maybe even four in the first half alone. Um, and should have really put the game to yeah. bed. Um, but you know, the Middlesbrough game, you know, seemed seemed to be, you know, a uh, uh, god uh, making up for that. Uh, in you know, I I mean, especially the disallowed Middlesbrough goal. Well, like, just what, I, I'm no exaggeration when I say one of the most ridiculous decisions I've ever seen. I know hyperbole is, you know, kind of uh, in in fashion now, uh, especially with regard to refereeing decisions uh, with VAR. Um, even with the in the championship, or at least, you know, the poor standard of refereeing has, you know, really become an issue uh, this season, or at least a vocal issue uh, this season amongst EFL fans. Um, but that that was just absolutely yeah. absurd and, you know, doubly absurd when it was an absolute rocket of a strike from Mark Boller. It would be fuming. I got, uh, you know, some of the strongest flashbacks I've ever had um to um I'm not sure if people remember but Austria Hungary at Euro 2016 in the opening game Hungary was somehow 1-0 up uh around the 60 minute mark even though Austria dominated the game well maybe not dominated the game but probably had the better of the game um and from a corner uh you know Alex Drago- uh, Alex Dragovic you know with an identical more or less tackle to that of um uh who was it who made that tackle uh Chubarakpon. Um, you know, sliding the ball away, setting it down to the edge of a box where Martin Hinteregger slammed it into the uh, bottom right-hand corner of an absolute rocket, uh, but was somehow disallowed. And I mean, then Alex Dragovic got sent off for a second yellow with that. Um, not that much of an injustice, not not that high of an injustice, I should say, with Middlesbrough. Um, But I mean, again, a, a really soft penalty. Uh, at the end of the game for Swansea, which, you know, I, Judy, tucked away. And I mean, Swansea have been getting a lot of penalties in recent weeks. However, um, much like Man United in the opening few months of the Premier League season this season, when you get penalties so regularly, I mean, my expectation for it is not, you know, a lucky shriek or a conspiracy theory, as people often like to, you know, produce, but rather... I mean, there there needs to be a reason for this. Like, there is a reason they keep on getting so many penalties, and you know, they must, you know, have a have an idea, and you know, they must focus on that, or not maybe focus on that, but they're good at winning penalties. That is, you know, a thing that can be trained. Well, Liverpool yeah. when
0: they almost won the league in 13-14, and Brendan Rodgers said we run out yeah, people. But that, that, that's get a get really
1: penalties. good point because you know, as, as as I as I just mentioned at the end, but I think I don't know about you, Aki, but I think it is an art that can be trained um especially when at least seemingly or at least to the the the, the, the english populace that the the rules surrounding penalties are, are murkier than they've ever been uh, uh at least for me or maybe even not murkier than maybe murky is the wrong word but i mean soft as they've ever been as well to be honest um so yeah it's, it's it seems to be, you know have been a reversal of um uh uh what 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 kind of has happened in the past where it's been if that's if that's anywhere else on the pitch that's a foul so why is it a penalty it's kind of a reversal of it now uh, which is which is kind of interesting to see um but yeah soft penalties are going around uh like there's no tomorrow and um uh Swansea is taking advantage of it and other teams should as well that's that's my point in a nutshell. yeah of course that's one yeah
0: uh, where else do you want yeah. to go? Uh, so I got forms the, do you want no, to just them? a um, so I
1: or... I'd, I'd, I'd guess, um, one of the final teams of intrigue in the championship, uh, to finish off, uh, talk of the weekend's fixtures that uh, which, uh, um, Coventry City are hitting or are putting in really impressive performances right when it matters, um.
0: Well, it's, it's two wins yes, and five. two wins but, and know, five is, you know... Not, better than nothing. Uh, well,
1: it's not the form, like, you know, Forrest are putting in right now.
0: Well, it, it's precar- it's precarious, Alf, because Rotherham have their three games in hand, but, you know, yeah. uh, Coventry are six points above them. So Coventry, you know, they need to win the games they do have because their fate is not necessarily... It, it, no, it isn't
1: at all, point. but... OK, regarding performances... Coventry are well above Huddersfield and Birmingham at the minute. And, you know, obviously, you know, they don't, they lack the individual quality that Birmingham do, probably, for example. But, you know, the, as I say, the performance levels are starting to be really impressive from Coventry exactly when they need it. And beating teams like Derby is exactly what they need to doing as well. Um, Carmo Hare has, you know, I think he's finally settled into the championship now after, you know, being so impressive in League One last season um and i mean you know they've got some players in you know in the side josh pass tyler walker ben Sheaf, especially who you know i mean i mean when we were doing our season previews lucky we we were discussing how we thought those three players were going to be going into the season tyler walker especially after proving himself in league one um but you know um now that they you know seem to have those options even when they're you know they're on the bench in, you know the 11th are on the pitch of doing the business um that, that that'll be really reassuring to them and they're on 38 points at the minute but which i mean as a rule of thumb you know they need 12 more points for wins to, get to that uh, 50 point mark um but, i mean they've got 11 games to do and if they keep putting in if they keep that level of performance up until the end of the season i've no doubt in my mind that they'll pick up the 12 points
0: well, well, let's look at these games, Al. So, uh, That's one of the on, uh, with get,
1: winnable games, you know.
0: They're at home to Wickham. Mm. They've got Wickham at home on the 20th. Uh, they're away at Q- QPR. They're at home to Bristol. In fact, they don't have a difficult, a properly, uh, unwinnable, or well, not unwinnable, but uh, a game with the odds of greatly against and them. Uh, until I also don't f- think... T- I, I mean, look,
1: you know, we do try to avoid talking about the intangibles, but, well, when we can, but... I will be interested to see how the news that Coventry are returning to Verico next season, which, I mean, Aki, it's brilliant news um, that they are returning. I mean, I, I yeah. hope that really will spur them on um, as a motivation to think that, you know, if everything regarding uh, COVID-19 goes as hoped or even expected, and, you know, we are in a much better position come next season with regards to allowing fans back in, um, as I say, which not only looks hopeful, but to be honest, likely at the minute, which is, you know, a really pleasing thought. Um, you know, welcoming fans back into Verico as a championship club um, will be, will be a really, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure will be a source of motivation. Uh, you remember when they played Gillingham the last time they
0: came back? Yes, yes. The, the um, right and uh,
1: that was definitely a really, a really pleasing sight. Uh, although, uh, I don't know, like, as I say, I, I mean, despite me having some really lovely memories at the Rico, uh, because it's you know, uh, I, I go there with my granddad a lot who lives in Warwick, uh, um, but he's a, no, 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 he's a he's a he's a, a, a Fleetwood Town right? fan and a Blackpool fan, uh, who's ended up in living in Stratford and then Warwick, uh, you know, when I've gone to visit Coventry and um, Livington Breaks, you know, the two local teams, they're no longer Livington Breaks actually. But anyway, my point is, nice memories at Verico, but it's an absolute, you know, bitch of a stadium to get to. And, it, you know, it is, it is a bit leggy, Um So, it's, you know, it's definitely not, you know, the ideal away day. But ah, it's good for commentary fans that they have, you know, their own home at least.
0: Back again. Mm. Well, there, there was rumours that they would build a new stadium.
1: Yeah, that, 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 those rumours seemed insane. Country, uh, like that, I, that's, you know, one of... Um, <laughs> that's one of the most like, ridiculous ones I've ever heard. That was when um, I mean it, it's a bit of a, uh, a an off piece or maybe even you know temporally inaccurate comparison, but like when um MK well Wimbledon uh, were uh, thinking of moving in the nineties and you know somebody suggested Dublin uh, as <laughs> an idea.
0: Yeah. Uh... Well, yeah, I hope so. They're a club near to me absolutely, as well. they're, I think, they're yeah. a historic club, off. Uh, 1968 mm. 2002, I think it was, or 2004. Uh, consistency, mm. absolutely, and the great um, Jimmy Hill, of course.
1: you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I've ever yeah. mentioned this on the podcast, I think I have mentioned it to you in private, or at least my dad in private. Gary Mabbott, obviously, uh, Tottenham captain of the 87 uh, FA Cup final against Coventry. Um, uh, Apparently, when he's been in Coventry, I mean, those of you who don't know, search up the highlights of the 87 Cup Final and you'll see what I mean. Coventry, absolutely, one of the biggest uh, back-to-back Cup Final shots. So obviously, Wimbledon winning the uh, Cup Final next year. But um, Coventry's goal in extra time was a massive deflection off Gary Mabbott, who, you know, tried to, you know, block the shot, ends up bouncing off his knee and looping over the goalkeeper and in. When Gary Mabbott has been to Coventry or met a Coventry fan, he said that people have asked him if he can either cap, uh, kiss, excuse me, or take a photo with his kneecap, uh, specifically, uh, which is, you know, something that kind of, you know, at least to me, you know, seems to belong in South America or something like that. Um, there's, uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, yeah, uh, this is the effect that you have, uh,
0: there are quite a few stories in sports where people uh, have an appreciation for players of other teams. Uh, of course, uh, oh, I'll think of one, it's escaping my, my, my mind now. But yeah, Coventry City are a team to watch. And uh, what was his name? Uh, was yeah, yeah uh, Hammer, of course, uh, leaves everything on that field.
1: Uh, yeah, no, he's in a, 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 he's he's a he's rather definitely reckless an, style of play that um, you know that's a, a unicorn, as I've heard, as the, the new term people are calling players like that, <laughs> which is uh, interesting. Thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so,
0: when uh, just uh, one up, final so uh,
1: talking preview? point in the championship before the weekend preview. Um, uh, Watford beating Nottingham Forest. Yep. Um, I, I perhaps boldly predicted on uh, last uh, last week's kickabout that uh, Forest would turn over Watford. They they could have done, they really could have done it. was annoying that you know what got ahead through a you know pretty fluky goal early on. Um, yeah, marginal game. Yeah,
0: but it's a one 0 win, it was I a mean win. low scoring. Yeah, win. it was
1: an incredible marginal game.
0: Built on
1: a- um and you know, it, it could have gone early either way. Um but you know, again the positives are definitely there with Hewitt and Forrest now. And I think if they continue, you know, to finish the season on a really nice run of form, as I expect them to, that will put them in very good set to the
0: start of next season. Do you think they have a platform? Yeah, so a platform on which to really... To, to Off achieve the pitch, no. On season. the
1: pitch, yes. Um, I mean, you know, Aki, I, they've definitely got the quality in that squad, especially if they, if they manage to get James Garner in on loan again next season for the full season, that'll be a massive coup. Um, but they've, you know, they've got, you know, proven championship, uh, strikers up front, a, a plethora of them might I add as well, and Lewis grabbing Lyle Taylor and Glenn Murray, um, creative players, Freeman, Knockart, Kravinovic, um, you know, all players that Hewton can get the best out of, um, and you know, if they manage to keep hold of Joe Warrell, which is a big if, um, they've got one of the best centre-backs in the league. Uh, um, well, there've been strong rumors that he's, beat, uh, will go to Burnley, um, but, um, uh, there are definitely many Premier League clubs living around them, Um, but we'll we'll just have to see how that develops.
0: Okay, Uh, so the the weekend preview, of course, Uh, starting with the Championship. Uh, Tonight, Blackburn play Brentford, which is a very intriguing game. Might have a quick look at that as it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hello? Yeah, uh, Brentford uh, and Blackburn.
1: I'd I'd say draw to be honest. Um, Blackburn, as as we uh, as we discussed, you know, seem to be in a really good patch at the minute, Um, and and are on a good run of form. And you know, uh, uh, Black Blackburn always seem to you know do a really good job against Brentford. I mean, they uh, turned them over uh, earlier this season, and um, were unlucky last season at Griffin Park to only pick up a point. um, uh, I do remember. maybe without the you know clinicalness that's not a word uh without a clinical player excuse me uh up front in adam Armstrong, who's still out um that may uh be cause of um worries for them um but i think you know to match that um brentford you know seem to be scoring goals in any situation at the minute um and when you know um You've, you've got that. It's always difficult to see how you'll lose a game, to be honest, especially with Brentford's You mean defence, even though that's not the case. Anymore. Yeah, uh, so that, that's heading for a draw, you say. Uh, a very, uh, you know, I, th- I
0: think...
1: Yes, this um, game. Uh, it's, it's definitely the football. fixture of the weekend in the Championship. Can't wait for it myself. Um uh, Yes, absolutely. Can't wait You'll be to Saturday Even though there are only, um, I think it's only eight championship kickoffs offs uh, Three, anyway. I'm babbling. Um But yeah, no, really intriguing game. You know, one high-press side against one pretty passive side at the minute. Um, so I know which side I fancy uh, for three points, even though, you know, maybe there's some creeping tiredness uh, coming in with Barnsley at the minute. I mean, they weren't quite their usual selves at home to Derby in midweek. Um, but that'll definitely be interesting to to, to see. I'm go for a Barnsley win, is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, that's another really
1: interesting game. In it Memphis. might be a pretty dirty affair. Um, there will be another game played on the margins. Um, uh, but, you know, with the absolute wealth of <laughs> set-piece teams that Cardiff have at the minute, and, you know, Watford not really being tested, in my opinion, too much uh, defensively, or rather have gotten away with a few things defensively in recent weeks. It'll be interesting to see. Um, apart from that, um, yeah. two other aspects to the weekend preview, I think, uh, one of which, uh, is, uh, two pizza cup finals this weekend, Daki. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they have, uh I believe, yeah. well, one problem gets solved, one problem emerges. Uh, I think they have solved the problem of squad registration and, you know, the currently registered squads will be allowed to play for both ports and solver but... Um, Portsmouth are going to be playing in white Um, because apparently they don't want white shorts up against white shorts, which would happen in Portsmouth's home kit. A bit ridiculous, really, but certainly. So, I um Yeah. And then, well, the yeah, yeah I think, part, I think uh, maybe for Sunderland, might be yeah, a bit of a formality. But we'll see how that goes. Um, the other bit of a weekend preview, Um I got into the mood this morning um, I, I, have a, I have no classes on Friday, which is the very nicest term. Uh, so over the last few weeks, I've been doing a bike ride through London every Friday morning. And this morning, uh, I decided to do a bike ride which took me around the Emirates and the Old Highbury, uh, which was lovely to see, to get me in the mood for the North London Derby on Sunday, which is a game I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a conversation to end. Uh, a bit of reminiscing, Aki. What are, what are your best North London Derby memories? Because unlike other derbies, I think this one's been stacked in the recent 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's been stacked because uh, it's funny, Alf. Uh, I
0: just want to point out uh, when Man United and Liverpool play, there are, it's, almost, it's, it's often clashed. There's been a yeah. Man United Liverpool game and a North London Derby in the same weekend. And whenever Man- there's a dram Man United Liverpool game, as there have been, all the Arsenal and Spurs fans come together in a moment of unity on Twitter and denounce that game as saying, oh, no, this is not the pinnacle of English football. Uh, this offers nothing. Arsenal and Spurs is better. And uh, I remember, so Harry Kane broke yeah. out into the 14-15 season. I'm sure you remember that when uh, they'd go to places like Harlan Aston Villa and he'd score some stupid goal with him and Ericsson and they'd get a win and they still finish fifth, but, you know, a win's a win. But uh, yeah. I remember when he scored two headers, uh, I don't remember the last time that Arsenal... like oh actually I yeah, do it was it was a uh, in twenty fourteen but uh, yeah. Spurs pretty much dominating Arsenal at that place uh, Harry Kane us pretty much yeah uh, I remember yeah, yeah exactly that's just
1: so many of the North London uh, derbies in Tottenham yeah
0: but the thing is Alf yeah. it's predictable to the extent that the team that's at home normally wins there were a few North London derbies where Spurs were on the up but. Uh, but then again it was never a Spurs win it was always a 1-1 with Harry Kane scoring first and Arsenal clawing one back and uh yeah again I'd still back Spurs to win even though on paper they should win because of table positions but uh yeah again whoever's at home seems to win and uh as good as as good as, as as good as it is that we always
1: get a result. yeah. I mean, I, I was that just going to say there's the just case. been some absolutely, bel- absolutely belting absolutely north London derbies in recent years. Def- both of the games in the 18-19 season, Emory's first season, were great um, because there was the four two at the Emirates uh, just in early December, I believe. When yeah, but and the one one at Wembley was brilliant. And then the one one goals there was missed penalties. Um, there were tasty challenges, you know, there was a you know, the game kept on, you know, turning in terms of who you thought would win. are yeah, a really great game. And, um, yeah, hopefully, given that both teams at the minute are, you know, really poor defensively, yet both capable of, you know, launching haymakers going forward, Um, hopefully that's a recipe for another really entertaining matchup on Sunday.
0: Well, we hope so. In this lockdown, we could use entertainment uh yeah uh so uh yeah uh, and also a league one preview we haven't done that uh of course Charles yeah um, i, th- I think be it'll be one of their test toughest
1: test tests in recent weeks actually because Shrewsbury three seem to be offering more than oxford going forward at the minute um or, or at least more consistency um so that'll be an interesting game uh doncastle rovers against northampton uh, was another game that intrigued me as i mentioned Yes, uh, okay. MK Toms obviously Dolphins hoping to put an end uh, to the poor run uh, they've been on. Um, but again, you know, no bias. I, I really do think Hulks is going to be an interesting game. Um, I think we're uh, the the type of side, assuming we don't get a red card, which with Alex Gorin playing, yeah, you, know, you never know. Um, you know, we'll we'll really put the cat amongst the pigeons against Hull because you know we both play 4-3-3, but we're a lot more possession orientated than Hull. Um, And I think they might struggle if we come to dominate the game, uh, like I expect us to do. Um, So, yeah.
0: Indeed. Uh, It is. So, uh, I think that's everything for today. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Uh, We'll be back next week. Uh, Do send any suggestions and messages in on our Twitter. uh, It's been a pleasure.